all the kids. Come on. We got a few more. Here they come. So I want to read a book this morning. And this book is a story of Jesus healing the royal official's son. It's from John 4, 46 to 54. I'm getting feedback. Is that all right? Okay. Tell me it's all right. John tells us that miracles are like signposts. I like to call them God sightings. They point us to Jesus and show us. Too close to that thing. Show us who Jesus is, that he is the son of God and God's promised rescuer king. So it's called the one o'clock miracle. Long, long ago, there lived an important man who worked for the king. He was sad and so, so worried. His son was very ill, so ill he was going to die. And no one could help him. He had heard that a man named Jesus was doing the most amazing, wonderful things. He heard that Jesus was making ill people well again. He heard that Jesus was doing things that only God can do. So the man decided to ask Jesus for help. The man and his son lived in Capernaum by the sea, but Jesus was staying in Cana more than 20 miles away. It was such a very long walk and uphill all the way. But the man had decided that he must see Jesus. So he said goodbye to his son and his family, and he set off to see Jesus. Up the hill he walked and walked and sometimes ran because he, so, he wanted so badly to see Jesus. The sun went down and the, the night was dark and the stars were bright, but the man didn't stop. Huffing and puffing, he walked and walked and sometimes ran, hurrying to see Jesus. The sun came up and the morning arrived, but there was still a long, long way to go. Puffing and panting, the man walked and walked and sometimes ran because he needed to see Jesus. At last, at one o'clock in the afternoon, the man reached Cana, the town where Jesus was. He had walked and walked and sometimes run, and now at last he could see Jesus. Please, sir, he said, my son is dying. Please come with me. Please make him better. The man knew that if Jesus came with him and touched his son, that the boy would be well again. But Jesus said, go. What? Without Jesus? After all that walking and even running to get Jesus to come, but Jesus hadn't finished. He said, go home. Your son will live. The man believed him. Jesus wasn't going to come to the man's home. He wasn't going to touch the boy to make him well. But the man still trusted that what Jesus said was true. Down the hill, he walked and walked and sometimes ran because he believed Jesus. The sun went down. The night was dark and the moon shone brightly. The man felt so, so tired. But on and on he walked and walked and sometimes ran because he trusted Jesus. And the whole time he was walking, he, said, he remembered God, Jesus saying, 
your son will live. The sun came up, a new morning arrived, and still he walked and walked. Though his back ached and his legs were very tired, on he walked and walked and sometimes ran because he was sure Jesus would make his son well. Then far away in the distance, he saw some men. They came closer and closer. They were his own servants. They must have news, he thought, but what would it be? Sir, they said, it's your son. He is alive. He is well again. The man was bursting with joy. When, the man asked, when did he get better? Yesterday at one o'clock in the afternoon. One o'clock? One o'clock, the men replied. Then the man remembered. It was one o'clock when he saw Jesus. It was one o'clock when Jesus said his son would live. And it was one o'clock when his son got better. Jesus didn't need to go and see the boy. He didn't need to walk and walk. And he didn't even have to run. Jesus simply spoke. And just like that, the boy was better. Wow, only Jesus could do that. And do you know why? Because Jesus is God's son. Happy and smiling, the man walked home, and he sometimes ran, to see his son again. Then he told his son and his family about Jesus and how Jesus could do only things that God can do. And they all believed in Jesus, God's son, too. And now that the, boy, that the man's son was well, what could he do? He could smile, and he could laugh, and he could walk, and he could run, and all because of Jesus. So I'm going to continue talking, so I'm going to go up there. <laughs> and you guys can grab a snack from the bowl, and there's also a um, word search and sermon notes if you want to take notes. have props you guys can just go back and sit with your family then good morning um, this book reminds me of how we need to trust God we can't physically go to Jesus or put our sick friend through the roof of a house and um, that Jesus was in or touch the hem of his cloak like they did when he was here on earth I forgot I don't need that um, we need to pray and trust and believe. Some of you know my family. There we go. Kirk and I have been married for 34 years. We've attended HBIC for 32 years. Um, our daughter is Alyssa. She's 28, and she lives in Kansas. Um, she's a single foster mom and works with safe families as a family support coach. She was a children's pastor for three years at a Nazarene church in Kansas before her current job. Colin is 21 and a senior at Messiah is a youth ministry major. Um, I have been the children's pastor here for 17 and a half years, and this is my first sermon. So, <laughs> there we go. And I forgot first service, that's our Bernadoodle, Millie. Have to include her, I forgot about her first service. Don't tell her. Uh, when I was thinking about what God wanted me to share, healing and God sightings is what God kept bringing to me. Some of you know our family story um, and walked with us through it. 
Um, I used to say it's Alyssa's story, and in many ways it is Alyssa's story, but it affected the entire family for many years. Um, when you hear God sightings, what do you think of? For me, it's something that some would call a coincidence, but I say only God could do it. So I want this to be an interactive sermon. If I say, but God, I want you to say, yay, God. And first service did it well, so I, I know you guys can do it too. Um, I want us to celebrate God before I even tell you what he did. I just, we need to focus on what, what God will do, you know. So on August 28, 2011, our daughter was 15, happy, healthy. Um, she went upstairs to do homework and came down about an hour later with a head tremor. She did this. And we later called it the agreeable nod. Colin was here for first service, and I said he used to try and get her to give him money. He would say, give me five bucks, and she's doing this, and she's going, no, <laughs> leave me alone. But her head's still going. Um, it didn't stop, so we took her the next day to urgent care. They sent us to Hershey Med Center to the ER. The ER doctor looked at her and said, it's anxiety. She's, 15, she's a 15-year-old girl. Go home. I did not like that answer. I wasn't happy. I was scared. I knew something was going on, and this isn't anxiety. And yes, she was 15, but that's not what it was. He was handing me discharge papers to sign. But God, the phone rang at the nurse's desk, and the nurse said, Patty, you have a phone call. I was so confused. I have a cell phone. Nobody knew we were at the ER. I took the call, and those from Hershey might know Dr. Duda whose name I love, uh, um, I don't know her, but she told me that somehow she heard about my daughter being in the ER and wanted me to explain what was happening. She did not agree with the ER doctor and said Alyssa should be admitted immediately and have tests. And after some time that day, it took them a while, but they finally admitted her. She had an MRI, a spinal tap, and many blood tests. After three days at Hershey, she was still tremoring, and the tests had all come back, that had come back, were all normal. We went home with an appointment for a follow-up about two weeks later with no answers. But God, <laughs> when we went home, our new neighbor saw us. Um, Alyssa was wearing a whiplash collar because she had so much, uh, the, the tremors were causing muscle spasms. So she was wearing a whiplash collar, collar. And our neighbor asked what was happening. We told her, and she said, did I tell you that I work for P at PA Neurology and my mom is a pediatric doctor there? We had no idea. Um, I tried to get in with the neurologist and it was a two-month wait. The urgent care doctor it was, was tried to get her in. It was a one-month wait, which is why he sent us to Hershey in the first place. Um, but I do know that God put them as our neighbors for a reason. That house had been empty for over a year. We tried to get, I don't know if they're here, Dave and Don Brotherton to buy that house. They toured that house. We went with them and said, oh, this would be a cool house. You could be our neighbor. It would be great. Um, they didn't buy it. They bought another great house. Um, but our neighbors had moved in about two months before all this happened with Alyssa. And that's God. That, that's all, yeah. So anyways, we had our follow-up at Hershey two weeks after she left the um, hospital. They had no answers. Everything had come back normal or it hadn't come back yet. And they said, the tremors will go away on their own. But God, 
I went to our neighbor and she got me in to see her, or got Alyssa in, sorry, to see her mom in two days. Um, Dr. Faircloth looked at Alyssa, read the results from Hershey, and mentioned something called PANDAS. It's Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder Associated with Strep. Um, and she also said Alyssa has lesions on her cerebellum of, her, of the brain. We kind of dropped the PANDAS and focused on the lesions. Uh, we went to a brain surgeon, and he said he would not touch the lesions. There's no way he was going to operate. Alyssa should have repeated MRIs to watch them, make sure they don't grow. Um, Alyssa started on some meds to help with the tremors. We still didn't know anything. She was constantly getting sick, still had mild tremors, brain fog, memory issues, OCD, and some age regression. Things were difficult, but she fought through it. She tried to hide it as much as she could. Uh, we tried to keep life as normal as possible, but it was hard. We prayed and we cried out to God a lot. We just wanted him to fix her. Fast forward to about nine months from the onset, Alyssa was sick again, and we called the pediatrician's office that many of you know, Tana Garcia. But God, <laughs> we had seen many doctors in the practice, and they're all great, but that day, we saw Dr. Guillermo Garcia, who is the Garcia for Tan and Garcia. And um, we had seen him for the first time. We've never seen him before. We've always seen other doctors. Dr. Garcia looked at Alyssa's chart. He didn't even look at her. He looked at her chart and went, oh, oh, she has pandas. And we were like, okay. Because we, we'd kind of forgotten about the whole pandas that Dr. Faircloth had said. Um, and he told us that he had just gone to a conference the week before and met the doctor who's very knowledgeable about pandas, and that is where he learned about it. The timing was God's timing. It was there, it was the weekend before we were there. It wasn't months, it was the weekend before we were there. He learned about pandas. A few months later, Alyssa started IVIG treatments, which is an intravenous immunoglobulin, um, good antibodies into her, into her body. Um, pandas meant that the strep infection was attacking her brain. This does not always happen. I wanted to clarify for any kids, you get strep, it's not necessarily going to happen to you. Strep can go lots of different places. Mostly it's the throat. But for her, it was attacking her brain. Um, I always say watch for any sudden changes when your child gets sick. That's when you worry about the strep. Uh, her first IVIG was at Harrisburg Hospital. There was a group of Hershey med students interning, and one of those students was Jared Nisley, who was her youth leader here at church. Um, and it was really nice to see someone that we knew and who knew that I wasn't crazy, because I was acting a little crazy. I wanted my daughter to be healed. I wanted her to be better. And um, they did neurological tests on her, and the students were all in the room. And the one is to touch your finger to your thumb. You know, it's one that normally, lots of, you know, a normal test. Alyssa couldn't do it. Alyssa would do this, and she would almost get close, but you could see her trying so hard. You could see it in her face. It broke my heart. You could see just the struggle of trying to be able to do that. Um, yeah. So after the second day, it was a two-day IVIG, and after the second day, she called to me and said, get the students, and she was doing this. After her second day of IVIG, she was able to do it with both hands at the same time. And for the students to see that, the significant changes of her neuro neurological function just from one treatment of the IVIG was 
wonderful. Um, these treatments happened every six to eight weeks. Um, in the spring of 2015, Alyssa had, ply, uh, had applied to a Nazarene school in Kansas with a friend of hers. We did not know that she had applied. Kids, don't do that to your parents. <laughs> she received her acceptance letter uh, when she was in the hospital having a treatment. Kirk and I were in denial that this was God's plan. We did not have the faith that Alyssa had at that point. She wanted to do this, even if we didn't know what to do about treatments, about meds, about doctors, all the way to can in Kansas. But God, <laughs> he made the way for her to go to Kansas. The IVIG treatment that she had May of 2015 was her last one. She had a total of 11 treatments. Alyssa and I drove to Kansas in June to visit the school. We had never even heard of the school. We had no idea. And I was unsure about how we were doing anything. But I have to tell you, I can't, I can hardly put it into words, but Philippians 4, 7 says there's a peace that passes all understanding. And that's what I had. I had this peace that this is what she was supposed to do. I, cri I, just, I cried knowing that this is what she was supposed to do, even though I had no idea how we were going to do it. It felt right. It was hard to explain. I went home to Kirk and I said, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But this is what she's supposed to do. Um, when Kirk and I drove Alyssa and her friend um, to start school, we moved them out there in August. I prayed that Kirk would also have that peace that I had felt. God gave him that peace. We both said, we just we don't get it. But it's right. Neither of us could understand it. Alyssa attended Mid-America Nazarene University in Olathe, Kansas. She never had another IVIG treatment. Her lesions have not changed. She weaned herself off of most of her meds by that first Christmas, much to my dismay. Uh, I didn't agree with that part, but it worked for her. Uh, she is our miracle and also a great example of trusting God and his timing. Alyssa became a children's pastor at um, her church in Kansas for three years. Then she also felt God calling her to serve um, children as a single foster mom. If you've never met Alyssa, she will be here next week. And I, she's, just, she's a miracle, and she's one of my heroes. Her faith was so strong when my faith wasn't as strong as it could have been. Um, during the four years of her illness, we clung to Jeremiah 29, 11 which is one of the reasons I gave it to RJ last week for baptism. But it's, I, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We didn't understand or even like what was happening, but we knew that God had a plan. In the past few years, Alyssa and I have been able to help other families um, who've come to us for support, some with children with pandas. Um, in the book I read, that father had faith when Jesus said, your son will be well. He believed and trusted Jesus, just like we need to. Now, I want to take just a short time to think about God's sightings that we had. Um, what, what's happened to you that some would say a coincidence, but you would say, but God? <laughs> there are many God sightings for us. Uh, for, for us, it was Dr. Duda, uh, a neighbor. Dr. Faircloth, Dr. Garcia, friends reaching out. This church supported us so well. 
um, God's timing for a school in Kansas and his timing for her healing. For you, it could be a healing, but it could also be a rainbow right when you need, needed it to remind you of God's promises. This picture is from Ryan and Kaylee Brubaker's wedding two weeks ago. And when she told me the picture, I said, oh, can I use it for my sermon? Uh, even in the rain, there was a rainbow and a promise from God. It could be a sunset, seeing the beauty of God at the end of the day. It could be clouds. I love the picture of the sun shining through and the clouds where you can just sit and watch and maybe see shapes or just think about what God has done for us. Or the animals that we see, whether it's a deer in the forest or a chameleon changing colors or birds singing in the trees. I love the African theme. That's what I call it. Um, you know, with the, the sun there and just the animals. God has created every living thing for us to enjoy. I have a poster up here. So you probably won't be able to read it. But um, it's from a VBS a few years ago with God sightings that we had done. And I keep this in my office. Um, some of the things written on there are, um, an old lady had too many groceries and I helped her. This child saw an opportunity to help and serve. I saw a frog at my camp. I'm happy that God made all the animals. I helped my teacher clean up the room. We played nice with each other. Isaiah gave all of his money to the offering. God made the moon and it is beautiful. The kids were looking for ways that God provided and how they could serve and follow God. Other God sightings could have been a phone call or a hug that you, that you needed just at the right time. God does not promise that life will be simple and easy, but he does want us to give thanks to him. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. We need to take time each day to thank God for what he's doing. Look for God and maybe even write down some God sightings each, each day this week. On your blue and white papers on the back, you will see there's a sticky note on there. And there are pens at the end by the pillars in the back half of the room. There are pens and pencils there. I would like you to take a minute to, I'll have Lindsay come up and play. I would like you to take a minute to um, write a God sighting. Think about how God has provided or something that God has done for you. Write it on the sticky. And then there's um, papers on the wall here. There's an empty one over there because that one got pretty full first service. So um, just write down a God sighting and put it on the poster. You don't have to sign your name. You know, we just want to see all the different ways that God has been providing. So I'll have... Um, We'll have Lindsay play for just a few minutes, and then we'll end with our closing song, and the pastors will be up to pray with you if you need prayer for anything.
Help us to see you and see what you're doing in us. They're not coincidences. It's you. And we thank you for coming to us, for providing for us. We pray that we continue to trust and believe and look to you in all that we do. Give us a good week this week and help us to just focus on you and all that we do and be a light to this world. You are dismissed. <laughs>